0: Welcome to Prime Alpha's interview series, insights from industry practitioners discussing their journey and their discoveries. Hello, my name is Amanda Jogia, the CEO of Prime Alpha, an online ecosystem bringing together alternative opportunities and their investors. I would like to introduce Kenny Estes, CEO of Alternative Fund Platform Diffuse Inc. Through his unique experiences, Kenny spotted an opportunity to apply his tried and true capital market strategies to the emerging digital asset class by launching cutting edge crypto investment funds. Welcome, Kenny. Let's start by talking about what led you here. Tell us about your career journey.
1: Nice to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Let's get started by talking about what led you here and tell us about your career journey.
1: Yeah, it's a bit meandering, I think is probably the right way to describe it. So I think you touched on it on in the intro there a little bit, but I'll do the full version. So I actually started in high-frequency trading when I was 18. It was just the stereotypical, I joined a 15-person startup. This have been 2001, 2002, something like that, long before high-frequency trading was the actual thing. I was there for 10 years, six years in Chicago, four years I actually helped kind of spin up and run the London operation. And I left just before we completed an acquisition to be a 1,500-person public company. So it's a very, very interesting experience right out the gate there. While I was doing that on the side, I started spinning up boutique investment funds. So after the 08 crash, I did a handful of single-family residential cash flow real estate funds, which that was the right time to buy there. So it was perfect. And then about five years ago, I spun up a venture capital fund called West Ventures, which exclusively invests in B2B fintech. Fintech, everybody knows what it is right now. Five years ago, not so much. So again, right place, right time. That worked out pretty or is working out pretty well. So circa 2019 came to the realization that I am a serial boutique fund manager. So Diffuse is an extension of that. So we scoured the world literally to try to find very high alpha, non-correlated, more esoteric investment strategies across the alternative landscape. And then we take those strategies, we help refine them, bring in partners where we need to, if needed, and we turn a strategy into an institutional grade fund vehicle. So we are, as far as we know, the only alt fund incubator. So it's a relatively unique position. Now, we do that across a fair number of alternatives, but the sheer amount of opportunity in digital assets right now, we couldn't really justify not focusing primarily on that. So we're 80 to 90% focused on launching our digital asset funds, again, each of which has a very specific investment strategy and risk profile. We have our third fund coming online on September 1st, which will make it three funds in three months. So we're, we're very much heads down in digital
0: assets. You have such an interesting background having started when you were 18 and the fact that you're a serial fund manager and really opportunistic because you did real estate, you did digital, you did VC. I feel like there's a really interesting story of that being opportunistic component to your background.
1: Yeah, I I think it's interesting. I I don't know that everybody else would agree with that. It's kind of been a theme for me. And actually, right before we started talking here, we were talking about it. That 18 it was accepted and was going to go to the Air Force Academy. And I, on a lark, had my friend give his dad a resume at the first high-frequency trading firm or one of the first high-frequency trading firms. And I, I don't know what it was. I'm just like, this is just so different than anything else that we'd run across. There's a lot of opportunity. These are people who are wicked smart. And it's, it's a good deal of effort to get into the Air Force Academy. So it was just, mm, no, nah, I'm not going that direction. I'm going to go to this other thing because it's just so interesting. And that's really been the the guiding star, the true north, as it were, where me, myself, I, everybody on the team, it's like, what is cool? What are people spending a lot of time on? Where everybody knows a bunch of smart people that do some really esoteric stuff. Why? Right? And then just try to figure that out. And if you can figure that out in a meaningful way, and especially with my lens of, okay, how can we not only learn how this works? but also make profit, right? Like we want to make a good solid P&L, but invariably it's these new random bleeding edge types of technologies or opportunities, whatever the case may be, which present the highest opportunity because there's so few people that even understand how the space works. And of the people that do understand how the space works, none of them know how to manage a fund. So if we can be kind of the institutional grade rails to these strategies And it gives us a chance to always stay at the front and be continually curious. Everybody comes away a winner.
0: I totally agree with you. So why digital assets as the next thing?
1: I was a crypto bear for a long time. Actually, if you go to my real estate posts, I was actually a blog post writer on the platform for a while, explicitly like super bearish Bitcoin. It wasn't until decentralized finance came along that I really turned. And that decentralized finance is taking services and tasks traditionally performed by financial institutions and finding a way to do them in a decentralized manner. So there's no people, right? So you don't have the bureaucracy, you don't have the executive comp, you don't have the golden parachutes. It's a much more efficient way to go about it. With that, that is a huge market. There's a lot of revenue inside of financial institutions, which is being serviced in a very inefficient way. So, once I started seeing they're taking individual things, they started with lending, then they moved to market making, which again, high frequency traders, that's right up my alley. And there's just so much opportunity of unbundling these financial institution services and doing them more efficient. That was the first time where I'm like, okay, yeah, this totally makes sense if they can deliver on that promise. So, that really only started happening last summer. So, it's, it's less than about a little over a year old at this point and growing like a weed, the yields that you can make from like our farms doing the yield farming are just, let's just put it this way. I went to the University of Chicago, right? Eugene Fama won a Nobel Prize, basically proving why a lot of these opportunities shouldn't exist, right? Efficient market hypothesis, all that stuff. It's weird to be in an environment right now where that doesn't seem to be the case. And I think that's just a function of, there's no institutional capital in there. The people that understand how these trading strategies work, they, again, they don't know how to manage money. So you don't have those yields being compressed with all the capital that you would expect in a well owned trade market. Yeah,
0: the inefficiency brings that yield. So how do you help your clients?
1: So the clients in this case would be the investors. What we do is we try to very carefully think about investor segmentation. So if you're an allocator, the offerings in the market right now are very broad and largely discretionary. So you want to go invest in a crypto hedge fund, right? They're going to invest in what they want to invest in, which makes it a little bit difficult actually to underwrite. Like what is the risk profile or is it just more of a, oh, their strategy is trust me? Like, eh, we've never really been a big fan of that. We kind of play around on the balance sheet. We do a lot of the trading in-house. And once we kind of get our hands around it, then we tease it out into a very clear investor segment target. So as an example, the first one we launched is an index fund, top 30 market cap weighted. That is for people who don't have any exposure to crypto. And they just want the basics. I want to put some money in here, 100 bips, 200 bips on my portfolio. And I want the overall market exposure. Farmers would be very proud of that, right? Like, that's the efficient market in its simplest, where it's a passive vehicle and the fee structure is around that as well. The polar opposite, you have these DeFi funds. The second one we launched is called StableFi. And we invest in decentralized finance, DeFi or pools, using what's known as a stablecoin. So the stablecoin is pegged to the US dollar because the principal, if you think about it more traditional terms, the principal we're investing is pegged to US dollar. So it's market neutral. We don't care whether the crypto goes up or down because we're not going to make a lose principle based on the crypto markets movement. But what we do get is very high yields from staking in these DeFi pools. So the investor segment we're trying to go after there is sweep accounts. You have some cash. You don't need it for four months. Drop it with us. You're going to get about 100 times the return you will in your bank account. And you can call it back at a month's notice because we have monthly returns. And the third product is MaxFi. MaxFi, the segment we're going for there is it's all the yield farming, slightly higher yields because you get higher yields from non-stable coins. But rather than staking stable coins, we're staking the blue chip cryptos, think Bitcoin, Ethereum. So then not only do you get the high yields, but you get the market exposure. And if there's a new appreciation, kind of double win. That one, not a very good sweep account, but it's really good if you're long crypto as a personal like philosophy, because we can really expand on your returns.
0: Crypto is evolving so fast, or changing so fast. Since starting your firm, how have you pivoted your thesis or business, and why?
1: We actually started with this kind of part fund incubation model, and then part there's this syndicate concept of like as deals, especially on the venture side, come through. We syndicate the latter. We we ended up moving away because a the solution I came up with was, was overly complex, and b it didn't scale very well. So then we went into fund incubation, and then it's hey we're in alternatives where in alternatives. And we actually have a fair amount that's not digital assets, but then probably Q1, Q2, something like that. This year, we realized that just because there was so much opportunity, you just have to focus on digital assets. But you're right, crypto is changing so fast, which is why that curiosity that we started the conversation with is so important. It's like as an example, one of, and I think it's the largest or the fastest growing game ever is a platform called Axie Infinity. Don't quote me on these numbers, but it was something like. Four or five months ago, the revenue was zero. July was a billion dollars, like fast growing. And it's a completely different way of organizing workforce. The game itself is a toy, right? It's It's basically Pokemon. But the way it works is you have to buy these Pokemon to start playing the game. And the more you play, the more you can breed these Pokemon and then sell them to people that are coming into the game. Again, there's all sorts of like circular economics in there. But the key thing is you get people in the Philippines now who are doing this, they can make playing on their phone a game very consistently, $1,500, $2,000 a month. That is a really good opportunity for them. And so the game itself, great. But the upside, if they can extend this to actual real world problems, you can now organize a workforce in a completely different manner. That's super exciting. Now there, we're playing around with it. We're in the middle of partnering maybe with Singaporean Institute that does technology we're recruiting some people to kind of be the beginning of a team that we'd stake. we'll pay their, their buy-in, buy their first axes, Pokemon, whatever you have, take a percentage of their up, or receive a percentage of their upside, kind of looking at a bunch of African countries at the moment to see where we want to do the MVP. That's not in the current state going to ever be a fund, but it's really fascinating and it has the potential to be so. So that's kind of that curiosity for the sake of curiosity, and we can figure out how to monetize down the road.
0: That's unimaginable because it's so esoteric. It's so hard to understand. It's like, you know, when you look at a surreal painting, right? <laughs> that's what it feels like to me if I'm visioning that. What's the next vision? What are the applications that we're thinking about that the traditional banking that's being applied to blockchain and things like that?
1: Yeah. And you know, I probably should have mentioned that that actually that is a blockchain solution. It's built on top of the NFT. NFTs, they've got a lot of press right now because of the the NFT art And the NFT, like you can sell a JPEG for $600,000 or Berners-Lee, I think sold the original source code for the internet for millions, right? Like, okay, I'm not sure that's a very sustainable business model. Again, it's kind of a toy, but interesting, fascinating. And now we're starting to see this next wave. Cool. Now that we know there was cool technology and what we can do with it, how do we monetize that? And so I think that NFTs, I think that play to earn is the the thing that we're spending a lot of time trying to figure out right now because it just has so much potential to change fundamentally how we work. And the time is right now with COVID, right? Everybody's at home. So if you can facilitate that in a way that you can stay from home, everybody goes remote working and you kind of have this infrastructure in place already, it'd be huge.
0: So at Diffuse, you guys have a weekly webinar. So I think anyone who wants to keep up to date because it is changing so much mm-hmm. um, check out your website all the topics are listed so they should attend
1: totally thank you for the plug really appreciate that diffuse tap the format is it's an hour and 15 minutes we have a speaker coming to talk about something we've had a lot of crypto celebrities we've had the drummer for the smashing pumpkins talking about music tech we've had paypal mafia talking about their venture funds it really does run the gamut but the audience is all alternative investors, GPs, LPs, or supporters. So every week it's something new. Today was crypto. And then the other 45 minutes, actually, we take the audience and break them up into small groups of four or five, just network. Again, like I'm a big fan of the curiosity and just kind of keeping being around the pulse. So all we get out of it is the ability to listen. Like, what do people care about? What's interesting? And they're all kind of self selected to be, well, A, pretty intelligent and then kind of just curious. So it's just, it just allows us to continue the idea generation.
0: That's awesome. I personally invested in a background check company called Karma Check, um, mm-hmm. started by Eric Lee, co-founder of LinkedIn. That's all built on the blockchain. I thought, wow, that makes a lot of sense if you think oh. about that kind of background data. All right. Here's my favorite question. What do you think is your superpower and why?
1: We've already hit on it a couple of times. Curiosity we just want to go figure stuff out, find what's cool people, cool, interesting, smart people are working on and go understand why they're spending their time there. That requires a significant amount of open-mindedness. Because I know I'm very argumentative and very cynical as by my nature. So like it has to be an explicit choice to be like, no, don't just immediately say no, because it sounds silly. Go figure out why people care about it first and see where it goes. And then the other one is just doing the work. I can't really emphasize that enough. Just Great. You've done this thing. Great. You're you're playing around with this over there. What do you do next? And like, here's the 20 steps. Just go do the first one. And it's, it's amazing how many ideas just die there. Right? Like I don't want to roll up the work, like these funds we spun up because we're institutional grade. They're trying to create institutional grade packages. We need legit service providers. So it probably took us two to 300 hours of interviewing auditors Fund admins and accountants and fund formation attorneys who are respected by Wall Street, but then also find the ones that understand crypto. That is a very small subset and took a significant amount of time. Not many people really want to do that. We're kind of the lucky ones, I guess.
0: I was talking to a gentleman. His name is Les Bruhn. He was the founder of Hamilton Lane, and he said, "Amanda, an idea is just an idea, right? Right? And that's it. And I I keep telling people, I'm like, you got to do the work." Right, Like if you don't, <laughs> nothing's ever going to come out of it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, everything you're saying. I'm like, yes, yes, yes.
1: <laughs> it's, and this is maybe a bit self-serving. So I've, I've done some venture investing with the fund there. People are always like, oh, you need to sign an NDA for this idea. I'm like, no, we don't. We're not going to sign an NDA because frankly, your idea is not worth anything, period. Like I'm sure it's a great idea, but the odds that it's just going to come into an overnight success is almost zero. You're, maybe that idea is worth, I don't know. of the long-term enterprise value. The other 97% is
0: actually the execution. That's it. Execution. Thank you, Kenny. Amazing. I'm definitely going to be attending your weekly webinars. I think I'm smarter than the average, but man, it's hard to keep up.
1: There's a lot going on out there, which is why we outsource it. I just get to sit and ask questions and make dumb jokes. It's brilliant.
0: (laughs) I like dumb jokes. (laughs) There you go. All right. We'll drop in the contact information, your website information to the events. And excited to have you back to talk more about digital assets.
1: No, that's great. Thank you very much for the time.